What's up, everybody? This is Jason, your host of Founders BR, which is a podcast sharing the stories of Baton Rouge's business leaders and creators. And in today's episode, I sit down with Blake Fowler. He is the president and owner of Exit Realty Group right here in Baton Rouge and uh, a longtime friend. I've been able to know Blake through various organizations, and he is really a giver. Um, and really, the, today's episode spends some time talking about uh, what Blake has done as a business owner that allows him to motivate himself, motivate his team, um, and be impactful in the community, and also what uh, has allowed him to overcome some of the challenges uh, that, that business owners face. And so I hope you enjoy the podcast, and without further ado, check it out. We're here with Blake Fowler, the owner and founder of Exit Realty. So excited to have Blake here with us and share some of his stories. Blake, welcome, man. Well, thank you for having me, Jason. I really appreciate it. I'm excited. It's, it's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. Um, so, you know, to, to open things up, uh, maybe give me a little bit of background for those who are listening about who you are and about Exit Realty. Yeah, so I'm born and raised from Baton Rouge. I'm a Parkview kid, went to LSU. Uh, both my parents moved from small towns, one from North Louisiana, one from Ohio. Uh, both took, one my dad for a job and my mom for a better opportunity, kind of more of a bigger city type feel. Uh, and then they've never left. They've literally been here for 45, 50 years, uh, and it's been home for all of us. That's that time. Right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You know, one of the things that um, you know, we were talking before we started is um, sharing some of the stories of people who are really making impact in Baton Rouge and calling it home. Yeah. And I think it's really cool that you shared that story about your folks coming here and staying here and how you kind of committed to making Baton Rouge home. Why, you know, what is it that draws you about the city? Why is it that, that you feel that connection? Well, I did, I did move uh, away but I mean by that is I moved to LSU 20 minutes away. <laughs> right. And my parents lived in Southeast Baton Rouge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I moved back on that side of town yeah. after the four years of graduating. So I guess kind of did move, yeah. but not, we didn't, I didn't leave the city. Yeah. Um, it's just home, man. I, I think I, I'm, a, I'm a committed type person. So I, I, want, I believe in what the potential is for the city. I believe in the people and I love the culture. And there's just never been this greener grass syndrome for me. Uh, and I'm sure there are other places that people connect with. But for me, this is just, this is where I want to be. This is where I've been. And I, I love where I, I love that Rouge. That's awesome. Well, tell us, tell us a little bit about Exit Realty. Yeah. So uh, my mission is to empower every real estate agent to live a successful and meaningful life. And so how we do that is that we teach and coach agents to boost their production, increase their profits and reclaim their freedom. Now, I've been in the real estate game for about 16 years. Uh, I got my license when I was 18 years old. I did it all through LSU. Wow. And when I graduated, I remember showing up to the office on the first day, and I had no idea what I was supposed to do. <laughs> but I was so excited to be done with school. Right. I just wanted to jump into it and be like, all right, I have a job now. Except the problem was there was no paycheck. It's 100% right. sales from day one. Right. The good news is, is I already had a lot of experience over the four years of at least knowing what it was. You know, like I didn't go to law school for three years, never having worked for a law firm. Mm -hmm. Like I invested right. all this time. Right. So I kind of knew what I was getting into uh, at that time. What it's turned into, I don't think I ever envisioned exactly how it's planned out. So uh, I absolutely love the industry and where we're headed and the growth that we've had uh, has, been, has been a blessing. That's fantastic. Um, so what is it that, as a, as a it's, what inspired you to 
step out from doing it on your own and forming Exit Realty. What was some of the inspiration behind that? Well, it was two things. I think the overarching goal was I wanted to control my schedule. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I didn't want someone to tell me how much I was worth as far as a paycheck is concerned. Yeah. So when I talk about my time, I'm 18 years old, I set this goal that this is something that I want to do, or really the real goal of, of Exit came into it about 2010, so I'm like 25 years old yeah. at the time. And I didn't have kids, I wasn't married, I wasn't anywhere close to that. Um, but there was something that I just couldn't let go of. It was, I want the option to have breakfast with my family every day. Yeah. When my kid starts playing sports or any type of event or if he's in the band or whatever it is, I'm not going to miss anything. And I think part of that conviction for me comes from like my dad was an accountant. He didn't miss a thing. He was at every single thing that I did growing up. And I, and I didn't realize how important that was to later on in life, to me, how important it was like as a, as a kid. And so I think that experience really, I want my kid to have that and whatever kids we have in the future to experience that. And so I think that on the personal side, and the second reason is it came out of frustration. You know, I'm looking yeah. around the industry and I can't find really the, the top people who are willing to share the knowledge. And I think for me, it was, there's gotta be a better way. There's absolutely gotta be a way. And, and, and what we've learned and you know, looking at different studies of uh, the founder of our corporate office because uh, Exit is a franchise, there's about 700 offices around North America, um, is that all the, head, all the knowledge is in the head of the top producers, and they're not sharing the information. Mm -hmm. And all the brokers and managers and trainers uh, that are the most responsible for training don't know exactly what to do. And if they did, they'd probably be doing it themselves, right? <laughs> right. So I couldn't find anybody that was really like, I didn't just read it in a book and say, this is a good idea, and I didn't just watch someone of success do this, and you should just do what they do. I wanted someone who had done it themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I set out on a mission to be one of those people who had done it so that I could teach what I had done. Now, never been number one in the city. It's never been a goal of mine. I've never wanted to be the number one salesperson in, in, in real estate in the greater Baton Rouge area. My goal in our industry, and so mm -hmm. that's been, it came out of frustration of not seeing any viable options because I watched most companies focus on the number of agents that they had. Mm -hmm. And so our philosophy, we flipped it upside down. We basically said we want to focus on the individual first, and then the team will be stronger as a result. Mm -hmm. Not how many people can we get aboard, mm -hmm. and good luck, here's a phone book. Mm -hmm. You know, how most of us start with sales, right? Like, right. we're just given something and say, all right, there, yeah, there you go. How it goes. Yeah, yeah. And there's got to be that level of, uh, of, um, of self-accountability and, sure. and drive and motion. Like, you, you're not going to, you don't, can't do it for somebody. you got to have the heart. And the connection of why you want to do this mm -hmm. I mean, that, that never changes mm -hmm. but there are some tangible guidelines and there are some tangible trainings that can say this week this is what we're going to work on mm -hmm. and i'm going to be here to teach you and support you in that along we go and, and i'm sure there are other companies that have not worked at all, more than two other ones uh, so i'm not saying that that's not a thing mm -hmm. but from my observation and conversations with hundreds of agents i don't see it at that capacity yeah i can say blake you know, i've had the fortunate pleasure of working with you in, in some different capacities. And when you say that about your investment in people, that's a genuine thing. That goes for anybody I feel like you've ever interacted with is you, are, you pour yourself out into others to try to empower them to be better. And what, what always is, is, is capturing me about that is, you know, that's a really powerful quality, but what is it that, what's that inner fire in you that like, that brings that passion out? Yeah, so in, in uh, April of 2016, 
I read a book called Start With Why, Simon Sinek. That's a great book. And it's become a little cliche at this point, but I read this book and it frustrated the heck out of me. <laughs> and the reason it frustrated me was because yeah. I realized that the activities that I was working on and the things that I was doing, and I was having good success in the first quarter of that year. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we were making sales and we, we were helping families and it was great. And I read that book and I realized I'm on the wrong path. Mm. Or, or, I've been, or, I've, or I've gotten distracted or I've drifted away from this and I've defined success the wrong way. And I realized, man, that's not what the goal is. Mm -hmm. It was great. It was, I mean, don't get me wrong, but so yeah. I began to become frustrated with where I was headed mm -hmm. because it didn't align with what my long-term and personal vision was. Mm -hmm. And so what the book helped me do is it doesn't help you, to, it doesn't create your passion. It doesn't create your, your why, as he would say. Mm -hmm. But it definitely helps you articulate into words why this is. So it became this visceral connection. And my wife, who's amazing, um, her number one skill if you're taking the Strength Finders test mm -hmm. is uh, communication. So not mm -hmm. communication between others, but like picking specific words. Like yeah. what is the meaning of the word? Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, at the time, I didn't have a clue how good she really was at it. Mm -hmm. So I fought her the entire time, right? <laughs> like, no, but, you know, that didn't work. Why? And so right. she... I remember we drove, we went to hill country in Texas. Mm -hmm. And so I literally the whole seven hour drive, um, she helped me refine words through dictionaries and thesaurus look up and like, oh wow. And so we literally created this sentence that has to do with articulating mine. Mm -hmm. So my purpose is to inspire excellence in others mm -hmm. so that they are empowered to create meaningful change. Wow. And so each word is specifically crafted to resonate and connect with me. Like, I think I get chills every time I say it. Yeah, it's because probably. each word means that means something to me. It's, right. it's not going to mean anything to anybody else. But, mm -hmm. like, change, for example, it's not enough for me. It's got to be meaningful. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't want to do right. something and then, like, in a, in a year or two, like, all the work we've done is fleeting. Mm -hmm. Nothing is sustainable. Like, right. It has to be sustainable in the long term. And even if that means that I'm just a steward in this moment, someone's able to carry that on, that's fine. I don't have to be the hero. Right. Like, but I want to be able to have something that I'm moving down the field. Mm -hmm. And so we created that. And, and what changed for me was that that statement became how I do everything else. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a why for my business. I didn't have a why for my family. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a why for my philanthropic desire. What I had was this is my purpose and how do I facilitate that? Mm -hmm. I facilitate that in my family. Mm. I facilitate that in my philanthropic giving and mm -hmm. my time that I invest. I facilitate it in my business. Mm -hmm. And so there were some key things that in the, the process that he goes through. There's another one that helps actually once you read, start with why. He did them backwards. It's mm -hmm. called Discover My Why, which actually helps you determine and write this stuff out. It's a painstaking, right. long process. For me, it was because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gifted with this communication skill of knowing how to craft the sentence and the words. Right. But when I feel it, I feel it. Right I'm there, I right. can bring the energy. I right. can bring the, the emotion into it. And Absolutely, you know, yes, that's it. That's right. it. Uh, so for me, it, it's it's the it's the the central focus, and yeah. so that's become my filter. Yeah. What do I get involved in, and right. who do I help, and what do I do? Yeah. If it doesn't help facilitate, and this is why this is why this why it's so important. Yeah. I, when I wasn't doing that, I found that I was either trying to shift an organization or a group to my why, mm. and frustrating them. Yeah. And I'm frustrated because they're resistant. Mm -hmm. or, or I'm trying to change my why or change my direction to what they're trying to do. And then I'm frustrated right. and deflated. 
Mm-hmm. So I just decided, I'm like, you know, there's, there's gray area and everything, but I just decided that if there is an opportunity to see clarity and say, does this, does this help drive my mission and purpose? Mm-hmm. Then I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. If I believe that that's where change exists. And that's ultimately where my, where finding out what my strength is mm-hmm. and then giving that instead of, uh, like, you want me to plan an event? I'm the wrong guy. I'm, I'm not the guy that's, and my wife will tell you that I am not the guy that says, here's the X's and O's and this, how many yeah. tables we need and right, right. all this. But if you want to redo a, a process or you want to redo a program, like that's how my brain works because it helps drive the bigger picture, creates meaningful change. Right. And then we go out and we facilitate that in things like fundraisers and, yeah. and, and events. And the execution of it all. And the execution of it all. Yeah. Like, like uh, so Big Buddy is something that I'm a part of. Okay. I am, I'm incredibly passionate about that because I feel that there are two things that can change a kid's life and that's choice, understanding that choice exists Mm -hmm. and options. What options do I have for me? Mm -hmm. Not options for others. Oh, I see how they had options. No, no, no. What options do I have? Mm -hmm. But that's not even what gets me excited. What gets me excited is about training mentors to be able to do that for kids. Mm -hmm. So my... I guess how I fit into the, the wheel, the cog, mm-hmm. is that if we if I can help develop those to be amazing mentors and understand the principles and have a structure and a system for that, then we duplicate ourselves. Mm. And then more kids are affected by that because how many kids do I have time to do myself? Right. So I'm just giving you insights into why, how my why is facilitated in a lot of what I do. It's really, um, really powerful stuff. I, I love... How you've taken, especially when you say the nuances of meaningful change. I love that. I love that. Because when you think about it, it's so easy. If you are just having a conversation and you just ask me, what do you, Jason, what, what drives you? And I say, man, I just want to, I want to provide change in others. That small nuance of adding the meaningful change, which is lasting and enduring, is really, really a powerful nuance that you took the time to really dig internally and figure out what is it that that's, that's, that, that drum that's beating that's driving me. What I'm really curious about, and I say this as well selfishly, for having a team of people, right? How do you get other people to get to find the, do, their why? You know, what, what is it that, you know, when you invest in those folks, is, it, is there something that that a special sauce or anything that, that you're doing that's unique that maybe helps them kind of figure out what their why is or what, where is, how does that all that fit together with, with, your, with your operation? Yeah. So it's a process. Yeah. And, and you know, recently listening to, a, to a, another podcast, yeah. um, I heard something that was incredibly uh, influential for me was I'm a very persistent person. Yeah. And I think anybody in success has persisted through uh, any outlets, tons of things. Yeah. But the thing that was added was the patience part recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because without patience, mm-hmm. persistence can turn into frustration and resentment. Yeah. And I thought, man, That's I, a I'm a persistent person, but I could feel myself. You just push, 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 push right. without the understanding of patience. So mm. I say that to say it is a process. Yeah. And then it's starting to help people identify what they, and meeting them where they're at. Yeah. I think that's probably like, I haven't found a cookie cutter situation. Yeah. I haven't yeah. found a cookie cutter plan, yeah. but it's, it's tell me what drives you. Tell me what motivates you. It's, it's, it's asking the questions and, and most people, and it's okay. It's, and there's nothing wrong with you. If you get asked what's your purpose, what's your, what fulfills you. Right. Um, 
there's nothing wrong with not knowing how to answer that question. What's yeah. wrong is if you never pursue that. Mm. Yeah. I think if you're pursuing that on a consistent basis through that process, it will come out. And I think that's what we help people do. I think we help build a process of tangible things. So mm -hmm. yeah, we, we, we help agents work with clients and sell and buy real estate. Mm -hmm. But truly, what is the fulfillment part of that? Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's what does that do for you? You, know, yeah. you, you, get, a, you get a paycheck, or you get a commission check, what is that? It's nothing. It's it's what does that provide? Mm -hmm. What is that fueling? Is that something to do with your family, personally, spiritually, uh, in your business, uh, your health, those type of things? So, mm -hmm. so I think that's part of where we're driving. I'm not trying to get them to chase my dream. Right. I'm not trying to do, get them to do stuff for me. I'm trying to find out where are they and where do they want to be? Where mm -hmm. do you want to go? Yeah. And then I can attach it back to, okay, let's get real about what it's going to cost. Right. right? Let's right. get real about the sacrifice and the time. Yeah. And this yeah. is going to be 10 times harder than you think, but it's going to be worth it. Right. It's going to be worth it. Right. If you want it bad enough. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's the visceral connection. It's, yeah. It's the, I feel it. So tell me how, how has a failure or a parent, a parent failure set you up for success late, success, success later? Well, most of my accomplishments have come out of doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. a number of times mm -hmm. and I've just I've lived by this principle that like I didn't get it right the first time so I might as well get it wrong nine times to figure out the tenth time and hopefully on that time will be the successful one so it's right. not about perfection it's mm -hmm. about the process of just keep moving forward mm -hmm. you know failure for me 2014 was the worst year to date that I can imagine of my life and yeah. so it was basically a country song <laughs> that year I, I yeah. lost my girl uh-huh uh, she kept two of the dogs <laughs> I lost my house which was the house I was living with her in. it was her house right um, and my number one client who was 50% of my business mm -hmm. went bankrupt almost instantly and all this happened in a matter of three or four months Wow um, additionally uh, my mom has had deteriorating health up until that point we thought well we'll get through this and it'll you know we'll be all we'll be over it and that year we learned it ain't gonna get better. Yeah. Like this is gonna be the best she's ever gonna get. Yeah. And so that was an incredibly challenging time. I mean, it took me 10 months financially to rebound out of that. Right. And to not focus on what I didn't have, but to focus on the things that were gonna get me out of it. Mm -hmm. And you wanna talk about, you know, it's easy to write it down and say, this is what my vision and this is what my mission or my goals are. Right. But wake up every day in the same spot and feel like you're walking through molasses. And I think a lot of business mm. people can can relate to that. Like, I can see it. Right. I can touch it almost. I can right. taste yeah. what the future. I, I know what step 10 looks like. Right. But I'm on step one and a half. <laughs> right. Still trying to figure out how to get to two. Here. Right. Yeah. And so it's this repetitive, like you're waking up, just walking through what feels like molasses or muck. Mm. And knowing that's why the sacrifice is so much worth it at the end of it. Everything I have personally and professionally is because of that failure in that, in that year. Right. Everything. Wow. I, that person was not the right person for me. Mm -hmm. I found my soulmate mm. and have a wonderful family. Yeah. The direction that that client was taking me, I wasn't enjoying my job. Yeah. It wasn't until 10 months later I was working with some customers and I realized and we were having fun. <laughs> right. And I went, holy crap. I think I like what I do. I didn't realize how over a two-year period I had gone emotionally so down because mm -hmm. I just had to defend everything. Right. These guys were good guys, but they didn't have the right process and systems, and they constantly frustrated people. Right. And 
that was difficult for me because I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do it. Right. And I was in constant conflict. So I didn't even realize the toll it was taking on me until mm-hmm. 10 months after it had ended. Mm-hmm. And I was able to enjoy and, and really start focusing on the things that fulfill me and, and start determining my purpose. And wow. I think that out of every failure, it's easy to say after, right? After, yeah. That failure has now propelled me into success. You know, we've all yeah. hear that, but we, you call BS on it when you're in the middle of it. Like, yeah, yeah. but you're not in my shoes. Yeah. You I haven't felt it. this failure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's okay. You're right. Yeah. I haven't felt your failure. Yeah. But what I do know is that it's going to be worth it. Mm. And it's much sweeter when you have, what, who do you respect and admire and inspires you that hasn't gone through adversity and come out the other side? Right. You know, that's not inspiring. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not inspired or motivated by People like everything went great. <laughs> right. I started here and I was, you know, yeah, it was, had it was very easy. Yeah, I had a $10 million. I started with nothing and no right. money. I got a $10 million business two years later. <laughs> okay, that's not normal. I'm not saying right. it doesn't happen. Right. It's just not normal. It's not It's not the 99% of us right. that are grinding every day chasing our dream down. Yeah. And so that's where, like, yeah, I get that someone's going to say, oh, you don't know about my failure. Mm-hmm. You don't know what I've got had to go through. Yeah. You're right. Right. But I, I, I have mine and hopefully someone is encouraged by the thought of yep. like, man, if he can do it, I absolutely can do this. Right. And the second principle in that same thought process is if I did it before, I can do it again. Yeah. Because when you're in the beginning of it, so a new person says they're ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be like, you don't know what it's going to take. You're just right. blissfully going about trying to do this. Yeah. It's the people who have had success had a recoil based on economic downturn, mm-hmm. personal challenges in life, or things that just drifted, they just drifted away or got burned out. Right. It's, I now know what to do, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to get there because mentally something's blocking me. Yeah. And so the thing to consistently that I go back to is I did it before, I can do it again. Right. So, yeah, I can feel that. That's awesome. So you mentioned about um, stepping out and, and, and starting this venture on your own. For a, a young entrepreneur out there, somebody who's, man, I, I would love to do that, but I am terrified. <laughs> that sounds so scary. Yeah. I, you know, what is it that, what kind of advice would you give to, to someone out there who's thinking about doing that? Or they want to they they start this venture, they want to go out on their own, but they're not sure, and, the, and that, that moment of fear steps in. Yeah. What's some advice that you'd share? I think there's three things that I would tell someone in that situation. One, your business doesn't have to be your purpose and your passion mm-hmm. in life. I think that's a misconception. Loving what you do doesn't mean that it has to consume you. Mm. Uh, and I would actually tell you to be very cautious that if it's everything to you and where you find your identity, mm-hmm. uh, that you're never you're never going to reach that fulfillment level. Mm. Uh, so I think that that's yes. like it's okay. So what's important though is that it must facilitate your passion and your purpose. It has to at least be a part of that. Yeah. And I had a friend of mine, a great friend of mine, he's a U.S. Marshal now, and he used to say, uh, man, if I could just do something, do this. I'm incredibly passionate. I said, be careful, because it will consume you. Right. And, and it can go to an unhealthy level. So I used to say, like, find your passion and purpose. If you find it in your career, in your business, great. If you mm-hmm. don't, that's okay, too. Right. But it has, what you're doing has to be towards your passion and your purpose. Because mm-hmm. if it doesn't, if it doesn't connect, it's not going to work. And I think that's number two. If you don't have a visceral connection to your, your dreams and goals, it's not going to work. Right. There's got to be something bigger than the money 
than the success and the status than the it, it's got to be something much deeper that's going to push you through the quitting points mm-hmm. or you're just going to get burnout right you're going to drift away and then all of a sudden you're going to look for something new to excite you mm-hmm. and then you're going to go through frustration again and then you're going to look for something new right and you tell me any successful person you know that's given up on their commitment Right. And been successful, right? Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. I can't keep going back to the, through that that cycle. Yeah. I've got to at some point recommit. That's great. So we'll continue. Oh, the third one. Yeah. Get a coach. Mm. My okay. my. I think it's safe to say that my greatest lesson has been paying for a coach. Mm. That now I had the same coach for almost eight years. Yeah. She was amazing. We had 30-minute 30, 30 conversations mm-hmm. twice a month. I'd say, and I love arbitrary percentages, so forgive me. Mm-hmm. I'd say about 80% of the time, she didn't really bring anything about mm-hmm. as far as like advice. Sure. I wasn't looking for someone to hold me accountable. I'm self-accountable. Right. I don't need someone to call make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. What she did for me is two things. One, she I just talk about everything that I got coming up because I knew I was going to have that call, so I better be prepared. Mm-hmm. And so I would just start rattling off all the things that I want to do and I'm going to get accomplished this next two weeks. And she'd yes. just listen go, okay, great, go do that. <laughs> and I'm fired up. we got all this energy now. Right, so right. now I'll go execute. Right. So every two weeks I was... She gave me so many good ideas. ideas. And it wasn't even that. <laughs> and so that, that's where I learned a good coach is not necessarily telling someone what they need to do. Absolutely. That's mentorship. Yeah. That's like I got a system, follow my system. Mm-hmm. Coaching is more question-driven. It's mm-hmm. more listening in this. Right. And so that was amazing to watch her do that. The second thing she did, the 20% of the time, was the life-changing stuff. The mm-hmm. times where I tried, I almost self-sabotaged myself because mm-hmm. I'm so in my head and get so off track that she was like, Blake, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. This is what we need. This You want massive activity? Do it at this. Yeah. And those were times where like, I was melting down. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was about to self-sabotage because everything was going wrong. Right. And I knew there was no immediate fix to it. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? Right. And I was just chasing like I was blind, just grabbing for straws. Yeah. Um, and I think that, so that for me is what a coach did. And now, I, you know, I, I, I have a coach that does the exact same thing for me now, but they're now local and we meet locally. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's something I have felt to be incredibly worth every penny that I have. Uh, and it's okay to try different people to figure out what it is. I mean, you got to decide if you're looking for a consultant, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a, a, a mentor, or you're mm-hmm. looking for a coach. And I think people try to call themselves all of those things. And they're, de- they're definitely different things. So yeah. find what you need in that moment. Put it I think that's good. I think it's it's important to have a, a sounding board and have that mentor and somebody who can really lean into you. Um, that's really powerful stuff. So who is so who are some mentors maybe that you that you're comfortable sharing with us? Well, there's nobody anybody really know about. Sure. <laughs> there's one person out there who go, oh yeah, that's me. That's right. <laughs> well, there have been three people that have been incredibly instrumental. Yeah, and they're, they're all right ton of people who have been instrumental in my life. Mm-hmm. Peers, um, advisors, uh, I, I, people, I wouldn't be here without their support and love, right? Mm-hmm. And I really truly believe that with all my heart. Yeah. Uh, but there are three people who have been my rock inside my industry. Um, Craig Witt is our U.S. Divisional President, Bob McKenna is our VP of Leadership, and Janice is our VP of Broker uh, 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 Leadership. Mm-hmm. And so these are the three people that like I lean on and when I'm like, hey, this ain't working, what do I do? Right. And to have those people to tap into who have all been there before, again, that's the pattern in my life you'll see, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't need someone 
to inspire me based on what they read in the book. Right. I gather inspiration from people who have been in the trenches. Mm. And so I want to surround myself with those people. Right. That's what moved the needle for me. And so mm. I, while no one may know who they are, <laughs> right. I hope that I'm going to send them yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate the blood. blood. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, cool. But yeah, no, I, I, they're, without them, I'm not doing what I'm doing right, right now. I, I feel that serious about yeah. having people that, are, can, that can mentor you through it. Yeah, that's really great. Um, well, I'm glad you shared it. So I, I, I think you've shared some really interesting stuff. I want to ask you a question. This is a fun question. I ask this to everybody, okay? It is, if you could have a gigantic billboard, okay, anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? You'd be finished right now if you'd listen to your wife. <laughs> and the reason it, why is because I really hope she's listening to this. Right, 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 right. right. Get a couple of brownie points. Yes, there, that's so. uh, very good on you. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to echo the same thing <laughs> for my wife. I told Blake to say that. Yes, yeah, right. I just stole it off your paper. Right. Uh, no, I, in all honesty, she has been my rock in a lot of ways. Yeah. And there are times, you know, we get you get advice, mm -hmm. and you're like, yeah, but that won't work because. Right. So you give resistance to those people. Mm. And, and so I'm, I'm somewhat joking, but I'm serious that there are times where she will say with this discernment and wisdom, mm -hmm. this is, I think this is where the direction, yeah. the right direction. And I yeah. will give resistance. And then you've had that moment like a day or two later after processing it, you're like, oh, <laughs> she's right. right. I just need to do that. So yeah, that, that's kind of the serious part of the, I love it. Of it. I love it. All right, so I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you some some fun questions here, Blake. I ask this to everybody, and um, so I want to get your insight here. So, what purchase of a hundred dollars or less has most impact, positively impacted your life in the last six months, or at least in your in your recent memory? That was hard under a, that's hard under a hundred dollars. Yeah, you gotta look. We'll keep it on a budget. Yeah, it's an automatic water automatic outside water bowl. That okay. has a fountain for my. You're have okay. <laughs> so you get yeah. No, my so my wife had two dogs. Yeah. And I had two dogs. Yeah. So we have four too many dogs. Okay. In our house. Yes, indeed. And so it's like herding animals, <laughs> and so this was like a life. Did they hurt the baby as well? Yeah, that's right. Well, he's just now getting to that point where he, he's he's helping. <gasps> Very nice. Teaching him how what he thinks is fun. Feeding them, it's a chore. He doesn't know, so we're making it real fun right now. Oh, that's great. But yeah, no, that was the last $100 purchase that I was like, this is life-changing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to fill it back up. Right. Yeah. So for any dog owners out there, get yeah. yourself an automatic outside water bowl. It will change your life. <laughs> Meaningful change. I mean, it's that's a massive right. change. It does, because it's hooked up to, to the hose. I'm telling you. So it just keeps refilling itself. You had something that was always on your task list forever? That's, that's right. gone Gone. <laughs> gone. Erase I, it. I get that 45 seconds back in my day. <laughs> Dude, every, every minute counts. Uh, I love it. All right, so what's okay? What's an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? I rewatch the same shows and movies over and over again. Okay, I like it. I love Braveheart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you watch just the scene where he like runs out? Or the I, whole I, need, I need it. I need to build up to it a little bit <laughs> for me to get emotional. But I can do that. Uh, yeah. But I'll watch that one a lot. Um, I love uh, The Office. I will watch oh, the reruns of Parks and Rec. I will kill that over and over. My wife's like, she, she can't watch any of those shows anymore. Like, friends, yeah, yeah. Not can't watch it in my house. Because <laughs> I've just, she's like, I've seen all these five times. How are we still doing this? 
that is funny. My wife uh, is religiously watches Friends, yeah. and I have through osmosis, just in the background, <laughs> have absorbed it. And I and I, I apologize. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal something, and just share this because it's funny. Yeah, yeah, no, we were at a party and we were having everybody was answering questions, and it was a game about Friends. It was a trivia mm-hmm. game, and I'm kind of sitting there, and it was down to the wire. It was the last question. I haven't really participated at all. And they asked a question. I don't watch it, and. I blurted out the answer, just literally flowed out of my mouth because I had heard the scene so many times. Mm-hmm. And it was with Joey when he sprains the cologne and the cowboy yep. Yep. blurted out to win it. I had not said it. I've been sitting in the back corner by myself. Like, oh, oh Jason's here. Yeah. So I can appreciate yeah. your. Uh, so everyone in that room thinks you're the biggest Friends fan <laughs> right. in the world. Right, right. You're right. invited to parties. I, I just say my, my wife has the same absurd, absurd habit that, uh, that yeah. Mike does. Um, all right, so uh, tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. Yeah, so this is a little controversial. I wasn't okay. sure about this. So okay. I think once described, everyone agrees with the principle. Okay. But we don't do it as a society. Okay. So I think as a society, we become very much binary thinkers. Okay. We think that there is a right and a wrong. Okay. And everything else, there's nothing else. There's no So you're either right, you're wrong, and I'm right. Sure. And I'm going to go down swinging on that. Everything I believe is right, and everything you believe is wrong. Right. I think that's that's problematic that we've seen in our society. Mm-hmm. Where the other type is, is yes, there's there's one, there's two, your opinion and my opinion, yeah. but there's also 998 other options that we could do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's where we've gotten, where we're so intolerant mm-hmm. of people's opinions, where like, you know, in the political sense, you may be one party, Mm-hmm. And I may be the other, and so I demonize everything about that. Mm-hmm. No way that you've got a good t- good idea, mm-hmm. which is not true. You, sure. We may agree to disagree on things, mm-hmm. but there are ways to work together and to build that, that cohesive bond and trust right. instead of demonizing one party or the other. So I think when you say that, the average person goes, well, yeah, of course there's not just two sides. There's sure. a ton of different options. Right. But that's not really how we all how we act sure. in the moment. So I, I don't know. That's an interesting one. I feel that that will be a whole podcast episode <laughs> we can dedicate just to that topic. Yeah. yeah. I, I was interested in, in that in in that question and I always get an interesting answer on that. And I think that is um, without us taking another like three hours to break that one down. <laughs> yeah. um, I know I agree with you. I think that is a very prevalent, and at the first thing you mentioned, which is why I said they could go into a whole other, is probably in politics. Sometimes you start to see this, this is this is one opinion, that's the other pick. And um, and you get to somewhat of an A-B choice, that's it. Yeah. And I think that can be prob- problematic, but um, for, we'll, we'll set another date and we'll break <laughs> yeah. that one down. Absolutely. <laughs> Happy to. Right. Happy right. to do that. Right, right. I love that, though. That's really interesting. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with this, Blake. This is for all those Baton Rougeans out there. What's the best place to get a cup of joe, best business lunch, and favorite dinner spot? Yeah, so best cup of joe's lighthouse on Lee Drive. Okay. The best lunch, by hands down, is Ruth Chris Power Lunch. 28 bucks. Can't beat it. Not... That's can't, a fan favorite. So I, I, I'm not going at night. I can't all have that budget. So, <laughs> so lunch, lunch is where we go to get go. our fix for Ruth's Chris steak. I like right? it. I like it. Um, and then a place that we eat dinner a lot, we just live a few miles from, is Superior on Highland. Oh, yeah. We spend a lot of time there. That's awesome. have a great time. That's great. Great suggestions. Blake, where can we, uh, where can we find you? How can we get in touch with you? There's several different mediums, but the, the best way to get me is if you text Blake BR to 85377 
you're going to get my mobile business card. It's going to have all my social media links that you can follow me on. Uh, you'll have my cell phone, my email, my website, anything about that you'll have. And you contact me in whatever medium you'd like. Blake, appreciate it. Thank you for taking some time. Thanks for the great insights. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.